KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Eric Anderson, in for Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, June 22nd. Protecting abortion access in California. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. COVID vaccinations for kids six months to five years old are officially underway in San Diego. Hundreds of parents have made appointments at Rady Children's Hospital. Five-year-old Valentino, among the first kids to get vaccinated yesterday. His mom, Lisa Mosier, says they've been looking forward to this day. We knew for our family it was right because Valentino actually has asthma. Rady's vaccine clinic is open by appointment only. Reservations for Rady and elsewhere in the county can be booked at myturn.ca.gov. You may soon see a bus driving on the shoulder of a freeway in the South Bay, but don't worry about it too much. They're not breaking the law. It is part of a pilot project that started yesterday. The project allows South Bay rapid buses to use certain freeway shoulders during peak travel times to bypass the traffic. Buses will only use the freeway shoulders if the traffic is going slower than 35 miles an hour, and they'll only travel at that speed when using them. It'll also only be during commute times, Monday through Friday, 5 to 9 a.m. and from 3 to 7 p.m. Once the pilot project is complete, data about travel times, on-time performance, speeds, and feedback from drivers and riders will be reviewed and potentially used in future planning projects. San Diego's new regulations for street vendors go into effect today. Yesterday, the city started issuing permits to vendors, which are now required. Food vendors also need to have a county health permit and a food handler card. The new rules set parameters for when and where street vendors can set up. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. As the Supreme Court mulls over an abortion case that could overturn Roe v. Wade, state lawmakers are taking action to ensure California women have access to the medical procedure. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado has more on that effort and what it could mean for the November election. California lawmakers are not waiting to see what happens to Roe versus Wade. They've already begun passing legislation to protect abortion rights, including a proposed constitutional amendment. Senate President Pro Tem Tony Atkins of San Diego is the author of several of those bills, including the amendment. SEA 10, the Reproductive Privacy Act, reads in part that every individual possesses a fundamental right of privacy with respect to personal reproductive decisions. Atkins says the right to abortion abortion must be spelled out in the Constitution to guarantee it. We want to enshrine in the California Constitution that we have the right to abortion, not just privacy, as we have defined it in the past for the last 50 years. The California Family Council, a group opposed to abortion rights, has called SEA 10 extreme and deadly. They're planning a March for Life rally at the state capitol on Wednesday. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. 
Cal Fire responds to thousands of wildfires every year, often at great risk to those on the front lines. But the state agency is under fire for how it's spending money. An investigation by the California Newsroom, a public media collaboration, found Cal Fire is fumbling key aspects of its fire prevention and forest policies. The agency is also responsible for preventing catastrophic fire damage, and that includes clearing brush from forest floors and setting controlled burns to reduce vegetation. Last year, Governor Gavin Newsom and the state legislature set aside an historic amount of money for this, about $1.5 billion. Randall White talked to Cap Radio's Scott Rod about the investigation and its findings. Wildfires are on everyone's minds in California. So I joined forces with Danielle Venton, our talented colleague at KQED in San Francisco. She covers the environment. And we took a look at how CAL FIRE is doing on handling some of its essential obligations regarding fire prevention. You know, we found shortcomings where they've struggled to track projects they've completed. They've had difficulty building up the state's fire prevention workforce. And they've been failing to meet certain oversight obligations. Let's talk about the tracking projects that you mentioned. Why is this important? So CAL FIRE is supposed to track the work it performs both directly and through the grants that it gives to local governments and nonprofits. And, you know, it's still tallying acres from over a year ago. We had asked for more updated information on this. They weren't able to provide it. And, you know, this is important to measure progress. It lets lawmakers and the public know whether specific communities are being protected. And now the numbers that CAL FIRE did provide show that they have been making some progress in terms of increasing the number of acres they've been tackling, but overall it's pretty hard for us to track. And this issue of reporting their accomplishments has been going on for years. They're required by law to file an annual report with the legislature detailing all of its fire prevention activities. But they haven't submitted one of these reports to the legislature in at least four years. And you found issues beyond record keeping, right? Yeah, that's right. This isn't just, you know, issues on paper in reports or in budgets. Our findings show real world on the ground consequences. So here's an example. The legislature passed a law for Cal Fire to create a program that would certify more people to do prescribed burns. It took years for this program to roll out. In so far, only two so-called burn bosses, those are the people who can lead prescribed burns, have been certified. And that's slowing the pace of these projects that can protect communities. And so delays in getting prescribed fire on the ground, fewer people that can do this work, experts say that this leaves greater fire danger across the entire state. Scott, how did CAL FIRE respond? So we spoke to CAL FIRE's new chief, Joe Tyler. He was appointed by Governor Gavin Newsom in the spring. And, you know, he generally defended CAL FIRE's record and believes that the department is getting this important prevention work done. He also acknowledged that it's his obligation as the department's new director to rebalance the department's focus. Yes, I have to change some of the historic culture within CAL FIRE to continue our investments not only in suppression, but also in prevention. But I should note, Tyler isn't open to radical changes to his department. He argues that his staff, while fatigued from the longer and more intense fire seasons, can fulfill the department's overall mission. It is my expectation that when they are not actively fighting fire, that they are out doing defensible space inspections, fuels treatment, uh, assisting in, in hand thinning, mechanical thinning. Now, how Cal Fire will juggle all of those responsibilities under his tenure 
we'll have to just wait and see. That's Cap Radio's politics reporter Scott Rod speaking with Randall White. The San Diego City Council is considering new rules about the city's surveillance technology, but as KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer tells us, the council made some late changes to the proposal this week after pressure from the police department. San Diego Police Chief Nislet told the San Diego City Council Monday that the new proposed ordinance regulating surveillance technology would force the agency to stop working with other law enforcement on joint task forces. Anything that reduces relationships with state, local, or local and federal partners is not wise. Supporters of the ordinance disagreed. They said the new rules already made allowances for security interests and task force work involving other law enforcement agencies. But in a 5-4 to four vote, the city council sided with Police Chief Nislet and exempted officers on task forces from the new surveillance rules. The amended ordinance will go before the city council again next month. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, what local scientists are calling the biggest community science project on animal communication ever. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. People swimming in the ocean this summer can expect relatively clean water. The state got good grades in the Heal the Bay's annual water quality report card. More than 90% of beaches got an A grade during the summer months. Heal the Bay's Luke Ginger says swimmers can stay safe if they choose the right beach. At a big wide open beach where there are no obstructions like a seawall or a landmass blocking the beach from the open ocean, those places there are waves and currents that are continuously flushing contaminants away from the shoreline. The water's always moving. So if if you pour something into the water there, um, you'll see it's quickly moved to a different area. Winter grades were slightly lower across the board, and that's because rain tends to flush contaminants out of urban areas and into the ocean, raising the chances that a beach will be posted for pollution. Scientists at UC San Diego are leading what they call the biggest ever community science project on animal communication. They're having dogs hit buttons on a soundboard to communicate to humans with words, thoughts, and possibly even full sentences. KPBS science and technology reporter Thomas Fudge has more. People attending a colloquium at UC San Diego mingle in an outdoor plaza. They've come to recognize the Animal Communication Project. The event is catered, but not with any dog food. Too bad for Oski and Mila, who you could argue were guests of honor. Taylor Arco is Mila's owner. She uses attention words like scritches or love you a lot. And she also likes to ask for a walk, and she never lets us forget when it's time to eat. 
so eat. Arka was talking about the buttons her dog Mila pushes on a soundboard on the floor to tell humans what's on her mind. The soundboard has an array of buttons set into plastic tiles that owners can arrange however they want. The buttons say things like play, outside, eat, and scritches, which are scratchy caresses the dogs like. Mila is a husky collie mix who Taylor says uses 31 words. She has about 240,000 followers on Instagram. Our goal was never to hit a certain word count or a certain number of followers. Our goal was just to improve her quality of life. So, so long as she has a need to communicate, we'll continue. Arco is one of 1,200 people in 47 countries expected to provide data about their dog's ability to communicate. This science project is led by UC San Diego cognitive scientist Federico Rosano. He says studying cognition in animals helps us understand what is uniquely human thinking and what is shared with other creatures. We try to see whether A, they can learn symbols, and B, once you teach them this, what, do, what kind of use do they make of these tools, basically? So do you start seeing things like what a child would do, which is once you get to 40, 50 words, do you start putting them together into sentences? Can dogs form sentences? Based on the evidence he's seen so far, Rosano gives a qualified yes. It's his working hypothesis. For example, Pani, the most famous participant in our study, would say things like, dog want cat down uh, to basically say I want the cat that is sitting up there to calm down and so we'll literally just push all these buttons one after the other. Ah Bunny, the famous talking dog. She's a sheepadoodle in Washington state with millions of TikTok followers. In one very well-known video, Bunny tells her owner something is wrong. She presses the buttons for mad and then ouch. Where is your ouch? Where ouch? Bunny responds by pressing the button that says paw. In your paw? Let me see your paw. Her owner finds a small wooden spike of a foxtail stuck in Bunny's left paw. Rosano says there's a risk in studying animal intelligence, and that's overinterpretation, which means seeing what you want to see in an animal's behavior. Leo Trottier is CEO of Fluent Pet, the company that makes the soundboards Bunny and many other dogs use. Speaking of overinterpretation, Trottier cites the famous example of Hans the horse, who people thought could do math. You'd ask him what's three plus seven, and he'd stamp his foot ten times. People soon realized that his owner or the audience would exhale and adopt a satisfied expression when Hans reached the correct answer. That led to a thing that's called the Clever Hans effect, where it's uh, animals pay attention to subtle cues that we might not even recognize that we're giving off in order to provide us with the answers that we might want to see. Federico Rosano says avoiding overinterpretation depends on more data and careful analysis. He adds that this research could lead to benefits for dogs and for humans. What if a dog that works in law enforcement could inspect luggage and tell you, smell gun or smell explosive? That kind of communication could bring our age-old symbiotic relationship with dogs to a whole new level. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. Along with COVID vaccinations and other health care, the County of San Diego is now offering parents help with their children's health through literacy. 
Yesterday, the county launched its Hooray for Reading program, which features a website and resources at the county's 33 libraries to encourage young children to read. Dr. Kelly Motadel is the county child health officer. Pediatricians have known for a long time how important reading is to the development of the brain. We want kids to be invested in reading. Reading from a young age helps you seek more information. It helps develop your, your quest for knowledge. Um, and so throughout their lives, we want them to have that experience. Medical data shows a child's brain is 90% developed by the age of five. For reading resources, you can go to the hoorayforreading.org website. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Eric Anderson. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.